0: Welcome to Gateway Church, Camry, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Are we there? Yes? Thank you. Well, good morning. Always a tremendous joy to be back with all our friends here. It really is family, isn't it? Praise God. And if I just, before we get into the word, if I could just fill you in on a few things, because it was May the last time we were here. Um, Then we came home uh, from Malaysia in July, and then we went off to the United States and Mexico. I just want to tell you about Mexico. Uh, As you know, uh, President Trump wants to build a wall between the United States and Mexico. If you've been to Mexico, you're going to understand why, because that whole border area is controlled by the cartel drug gangsters and I had the privilege of going down there and speaking to a conference of uh, 250 pastors and leaders but we have to finish early in the evening simply because a lot of those pastors come from areas that are controlled by the cartels and the rule is if you drive after dark you will definitely get robbed and so they have to leave early get home so thank God you have freedom to come today and if it's dark tonight you're all right And then after that, we uh, did an itinerary around some of the churches, and uh, the final place we went to was a place called Cortazar. And Steve Wilson, who's the American missionary down there, he said to me, oh, well, is one of the safe places, Colin, so that's where we're going. Well, we arrived at the pastor's house, and we were having lunch with the pastor in the afternoon, and he said, well, things have changed a little bit. See that petrol station over there? Two policemen were shot dead there last week. Just down the road is a nightclub, One cartel owned a nightclub, another cartel came in and firebombed it. He said, and all over our town right now, there are pseudo police cars driving around, owned by the cartel gangsters, robbing people, and their favourite crime is uh, kidnapping university students and selling them back to their families. Now, when you're there in that church, let me just tell you, I was there seven years ago, the church has doubled in size and planted three new churches. So it doesn't stop the gospel, uh, but we had to leave earlier the next morning to get to the airport for me to fly back to the US. And I must admit, I prayed very hard because we were going to leave before the sun came up, which is still the danger time. So all the way to the airport, oh God, <laughs> if you get me out of this, I'll serve you forever. <laughs> Amen. And uh, well, we're here. Then, of course, we got home to Penderin, and I, I'm sure a lot of you know this, there was a lightning strike on Penderin just before we got, about three weeks before we got home. So when we got there, the house is in total darkness, our Wi-Fi is fried, our telephones are fried, the thermostat on our uh, combi boiler was fried, um, and all electricity was off, so we'd had no electricity for three weeks, so two freezer loads of food were lost. Well. We thought we were uh, going bad, but one of our neighbors had to call a fire brigade. Another neighbor, half of the house came down uh, under the strike. So, they get back from the U.S. into that. And I've I've got a theological question for you. It says, uh, in the book of Job, Satan went out from the presence of God. Right? So, who was it who attacked Job? Because when his servants came, they said, the fire of God fell from heaven and killed all your cattle. Just something if you think about it, all right? Theological question. And then of course, what happened a fortnight ago, we, uh, on the Saturday a fortnight ago, we were in uh, Rosili Market, when suddenly I got this intense pain uh, in the lower abdomen, and by that night I was in the hospital in Prince Charles. They made me fast for four days. They ran all the tests they could. They prodded me in places where I didn't know I'd got places. And uh, the the next week home has been pretty tough. I woke up this morning thinking, I feel good. Amen. And actually, I think it's it's coming to church. Amen. It's coming to be with God's people. And so thank you for your prayers. We appreciate your prayers for us. The plan is that we go back to Malaysia on the 1st of January. And uh, we will be cutting back on a lot of the stuff that we're doing because we're getting old. Uh, But we're still going to be serving the Lord out in Southeast Asia up until July and then see what the Lord does from there. I want to turn you to a passage of Scripture. Uh, It's a very familiar verse. It's Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11 I'm going to read the NIV translation first of all, Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I think that's possibly the most popular verse on Facebook, if any of you are on Facebook it gets quoted a couple of times every week, someone's quoting this verse. Uh, let me read it to you in the New King James Version. Jeremiah 29, 11, New King James. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Father, we just thank you this morning for your presence. Thank you that we have just been singing about your tremendous act of love towards us at Calvary. And Lord, your word declares... How shall God, who spared not his own Son, but delivered him up for us all, not also with him freely give us all things? And we've seen it, Lord. It is finished. It is finished. Everything we need has been achieved by Jesus Christ at Calvary. We pray right now as we look at your word, Lord, you will give us inspiration and revelation and understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. I was asked to go to Texas Uh, to a a conference, and I was asked to speak on hope for the future, and the Lord directed my thoughts to this verse, because it's such a very popular verse, but you know, one of the things you learn about scripture is never take a text out of its context, because it is in the context, and the context is vital to understanding what the verse means, but before I get into Jeremiah 29, that's where we're going to go, I want to read a New Testament verse about this hope. Romans 15 verse 13, Romans 15 verse 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And several things in that verse I just want to point out. First of all, hope is not some abstract concept. It's a person. He's called the God of hope. And it's out of relationship with him that our hope is made secure. It's not just saying, if I do the A, B, and C, I'm going to have hope. It's if I'm in relationship with the God of hope, then I will have all joy and peace in believing. Have you got that this morning? Are you filled with joy? Well, you we could do better than that. Yeah, filled with joy. But listen what it goes on to say, that so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit didn't only come to enable us to speak in tongues and to do signs and wonders and to win the loss. The Holy Spirit came to sow into the depths of our personality this hope, that we would overflow with hope. Now, if I just give you a definition of hope, um, you know, when I was... Uh, teenager, I wanted to be, uh, play cricket for England, it was a hope, it was a vain hope because I was useless, right, I'm sure there are a lot of uh, people here who would have loved to play rugby for Wales, yes, especially yesterday when they beat the bar bars, right, and, and that's a hope, uh, but biblical hope is far more than that, it's not some kind of vague hope that may happen. I've given the de- definition of it. It is faith expectancy. Faith is for now. Hope is faith for the future, but it's absolutely solid. Uh, one verse that we we get is uh, Titus two verse thirteen, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. That's not a vague hope, friends when we're looking for that blessed hope, we are absolutely 100% certain that Jesus is coming back again. Amen? And the way things are going in the world, I think we're getting very quick on the way. We're accelerating towards that. But it's not a vague kind of thing. Oh, I hope that one day Jesus will come back. No, I totally believe with all of my personality and what I am in God, I totally believe that Jesus is coming back again in glory. And so that's what hope is. It is faith expectancy. So it's not a vague hope. Now I want to go into Jeremiah chapter 29. And I want to show you the context of this verse. Hope for the future. If I read verse 1. Reading from the New King James. Now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem. To the remainder of the elders who were carried away captive. To the priests the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. Uh, Verse 4, Jeremiah 29, verse 4. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. So this is a word to the captives in Babylon. Those Jewish people who have been taken away from their homeland and carried captive by the Babylonian forces after the conquest of the nation of Israel. So it's a letter written to people who are in a circumstance they would rather not be in. Now a lot of the people were carried away because of their sin. It was a national sin against God, their idolatry that caused God to send the Babylonians in the first place. So a lot of people were there because of the consequence of their sin. There were others who were there, like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and others who were righteous people but had no choice because of the captivity. They had been carried away captive into Babylon. And there they are. So everyone who's in Babylon, I'm absolutely sure if you're an Israelite, if you're a Jew, you didn't want to be in Babylon. You're in a situation that you would rather not be in. And it's to these that Jeremiah says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord. Amen? I know the plans that I've got for you. And so that could address any one of us here this morning. That if we're in a situation we would rather not be in. It may be a job you don't like. It may be where you live and you don't like it. It may be some family situation and you're not very happy with what's going on right now. It may be some health situation you've got. You think, well, I'd rather not be here. But God is saying, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Amen? It's a comforting word to people who are in a location they would rather not be in. Uh, Many years ago now, I went down to Singapore to preach in Changi Jail. And I met there a guy. He was a lawyer by profession. And... You know a lot of people in prison I've done a lot of prison ministry around the world A lot of people in prison say I'm not guilty I never did it This guy genuinely did not do it He was a lawyer and he got framed And was put in prison He was a Christian, spirit filled believer in Jesus And he told me when I went to visit him He said Colin when I first arrived In Changi jail I didn't pray or read my bible for a whole year All I said was God this is not fair I've not done anything wrong, why am I in prison, why am I in this situation, he said after one year, one day I was in my cell, he said, and God spoke to me and said, you're the only believer in this prison, there are many people here who don't believe in Jesus and I've put you here for a purpose and by the time I visited him in in Changi jail, he had won 200 prisoners for Jesus, amen. Amen. Eventually came out, and because he'd got a criminal conviction, could not be able to practice law again in Singapore, so he formed a mission organization to reach Southeast Asia. But in a situation, now that's pretty extreme, isn't it? In prison, but think about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That godly man, Daniel, he's there in Babylon. He's done nothing wrong. And so often we could say, God, this is not fair. I've said this before. Uh, here in Abrahman. I've I've researched the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and I can't find one verse that says, thus saith the Lord, it shall be fair. <laughs> Lots of things that happen to us in, in this life are not fair. Uh, it's like when we came back from the US and found our, you know, our Wi-Fi fried, our phones fried, our food. Uh, oh, by the way, let me just give you a little bit of a sidebar on that food in the freezers. Uh, Last year, Julia had a fall and banged her head. And it's quite severe, and it's not a joke, but friends, she lost her sense of smell. So when we got home, and there's all this stenching food, she's in the garage, taking it all out of its plastic to put in the recycle bin, and the guy from the gas board arrived uh, to help with our boiler. He got out of his van at the top of our yard in Penderin and said, whoa, what's that smell? And Julia said, well, I can't smell anything right the whole house was filled with that smell of death um, but you know uh, we escaped but you get home you know from america i've just had a tremendous time particularly in mexico and the exciting things that god is doing and then you get no phone no wi-fi no food you know the house in darkness uh, no boiler uh, and you think this is not fair well i've got a little trick that i use these days you know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, the Apostle Paul uses many expressions about, you know, being uh, beaten, left for dead, etc. And then he says, shipwreck three times. So every time I begin to complain about anything, I say to myself, shipwrecked three times. I've never been that bad. Amen. I re- Paul says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time aren't, aren't worth, worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That's his attitude. And so, every time I, so when I got home from the States and all that happened, I said, shipwreck three times. I've not been there yet. Amen? And so, this is a letter written to people in a circumstance and situation they would rather not be in. So, if that's you this morning, God says, Listen, I know the plans that I have for you, I know the thoughts that I'm thinking. About you. Can we say Amen? Amen. Okay. Verses five and six. Jeremiah twenty-nine, five and six. Build houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters, and take wives to your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased there and not diminish. In other words, Accept the situation. And sometimes, even though we've got faith, this is not a passive acceptance, friends. This is an acceptance by faith because we've got a word from God. It doesn't mean to say things aren't going to change in the future, but don't spend every day, while you're in that situation you don't want to be in, complaining and grumbling. No. He says build houses. Get married. Let your kids get married. Don't be diminished. Increase. Because in the times when we're in situations we would rather not be in, that's very often when we grow. That's very often when we get uh, into a relationship with the living God. And we'll see that um, in a moment for the people of Israel in Babylon. And so in this whole situation, he says, don't grumble about it. Don't just passively accept it. Work within it. Work within it. Do something positive. Say, okay, I, I'm not happy with this. I'm, I'm not con- It's like that guy in jail in Singapore. I'm not happy with this, but I'm going to use it as an opportunity to share Jesus. And so it's always that situation. Not only is it to accept the situation, but verse 7, and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive, and pray to the Lord for it, For in its peace You will have peace Don't just accept the situation Transform the situation Amen Seek the peace Seek the shalom of God In that situation In other words Don't say to yourself Well I'm a Jew I should be in the land I'm in Babylon I hate the Babylonians I hope someone will come and destroy the Babylonians Get us out of here No seek the peace of the place where you are don't just accept it transform it and i believe that um, you know that wonderful word shalom it means all the things that are necessary to our human spiritual life and physical life and mental life because in its peace you will have peace Be very, very positive about where you are right now. Even if it's not where you would like to be, say, I am going to pray in this situation. God will use me as a catalyst for transformation, for bringing his peace into the situation. So transform the situation. The next part is startling. Verses 8 and 9. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. Let me just read that in Holman Christian Bible. Don't listen to the dreams you elicit from them. The NIV, do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. When I was preparing this uh, for the conference in America, I'd never seen this verse before. I'd never, never seen it. What God is saying is, listen, don't listen to the prophets who are giving you the dreams that you want them to dream. And the Apostle Paul says, in the last days, the church will heap to itself teachers having itching ears. That is preachers who tell us what we want to hear Not what we need to hear And in Jeremiah's day Jeremiah is the only prophet who is saying God has caused you to be called, called, uh, carried away into Babylon God is the one who put you there The place that I have caused you to be carried says the Lord All the other prophets are saying No this is temporary We're soon going back to the land And why are they doing that? because that's what the people want to hear and one thing about getting a true expectation of faith a true hope is to reject false hope that's why in the church today we have the extreme prosperity teaching is because a lot of christians like the sound it's why we have the extreme grace teaching it's because a lot of christians like the sound and so we get teachers who are skillful at giving us what we want to hear. And I'm sure every Christian here in Abraham, there have been times when you've been in church and the preacher said what you didn't want to hear. But it changed you. Amen? Hallelujah. You didn't want to hear it. It wasn't comfortable. But you went away thinking, well, I needed that. I needed that reminder from God of what my life should be like. And so what Jeremiah is saying, listen, all the false prophets, they're giving you the positive. You're going back home very soon. Don't settle down in Babylon. You're going to be back in your own houses in Jerusalem and the cities around. Don't uh, accept what Jeremiah is saying. In fact, that's why they threw Jeremiah in the pit. Because he's was, he was telling them all the wrong stuff. What they don't want to hear. And sometimes we can put pressure upon our leaders, upon our teachers, upon our prophets to tell us what we want to hear because we like to hear comfortable truths. And so he says, don't accept that. If you want to really hear from God, don't start putting pressure upon your prophets to give you... uh, You know, I've been in many meetings around the world where you have people who have a word of knowledge. I've never heard one of them say, thus saith the Lord, you're going to die next week. Never once. It may have been that person dies next week, but they weren't warned, because the prophet didn't want to, you know get on the wrong side. And so let's not have false expectations because they can result in false impartations. Uh, Yeah, there's an old Latin adage, the people wish to be deceived, so let them be deceived. Next thing I want to give to you, and this is very important, verse 10. Thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. God's timing is perfect. It's not popular. Jeremiah said, it's not going to happen next week. It's not going to be in a, in, a, in a month's time. It's going to be 70 years. So you'd better get ready for it. Now, I'm not saying to you that today, whatever you're going through is going to be 70 years, friends, because most of you are too old five that long. Oh, sorry don't say stuff <laughs> but friends God's timing is perfect and so often we're saying oh God I can't take much more of this and God say listen I know the thoughts that I have towards you just hang on in there have this faith expectancy in who I am and who I, uh, I want and what I want to do in your life don't Look for any other timing. 70 years, that's Jeremiah 29, verse 10. If you go back to 25, verse 11, he's already said it. 25, verse 11. This whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Let me read to you Daniel chapter 9, verse 2. Daniel 9, verse 2. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish seven years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Amen. The young man, Daniel, carried away in the captivity. And he's now becoming an old man. And he's reading the scriptures. And he reads the prophecy of Jeremiah. And he reads that twice Jeremiah has said this desolation of Jerusalem will take place and it will last for seven years. And Daniel suddenly says, wow, now's the time for restoration. See, and our hope in the Word of God, our faith expectancy depends upon a knowledge of the Word of God. So that we can come to a place in our life, and it may happen this morning for you, it may ignite something this morning, you say, now's the time. I believe for all these years, I believe for all these months, have been going through difficult times, but I've, I've obeyed the word of the Lord, and I've not grumbled and complained. I've, I've put my trust in the living God, and now I believe that the time of liberation is here. And if you read Daniel chapter 9, it's that tremendous intercessory prayer, or the greatest prayers in the whole Bible, which is followed by an angelic visitation and the 70 years of God's program for Israel. Daniel doesn't just get what he's praying for. He gets a picture of everything that God is going to do until the coming of Messiah and then the final ultimate restoration of everything. Friends, if you stay faithful to the word of God in your time of trial and you will believe the word of God, then you will see a fulfillment. And Daniel saw the fulfillment. He prayed, Nehemiah prayed, and then the restoration took place. Our hope is based upon divine visitation. Verse 10. For thus says the Lord, after seven years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you. Uh, I love that word, visitation. I've preached here before on visitation. Now, I believe habitation is better than visitation. But even if you're living in habitation with God, sometimes you need a visitation. That is, you need that miraculous intervention of God into your situation. You may be having a good relationship. You may be having those times in God's presence in private and in church, but you still need a visitation. And God says here, after 70 years, I will visit you. That means God's miraculous, powerful intervention in whatever situation you are in. Uh, I, when I preached here one time on Luke 168, Uh, The words of Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, Blessed be is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And that's after 400 years, friends. 400 years of no prophetic word. 400 years of no intervention of God. And then God comes to that old man, Zechariah, and says, Your prayer is heard. Hallelujah. And Zechariah says, The Lord has visited his people. And I believe with all my heart what God is saying through Jeremiah to these people in Babylon. I am going to visit you. My visitation is coming. This situation and circumstance you are in right now, it's not terminal. It is going to happen, it's going to come. Our hope is based upon divine visitation. But I want to go back to verse 11. And read again as it reads in the New King James Version. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. And I like that word thoughts. NRV says plans. Other translations say tr- uh, plans. But actually the Hebrew word there is definitely thoughts. I think that's better than plans. It's not that just, God has, uh, that, just that God has got a plan for you. It's that God is thinking about you. Amen. Right. Are you with me? Whatever situation you are in right now, and you might be crying out, Oh God, I need a visitation. God is saying, listen, I'm thinking about you. You are in my mind. And that is a tremendous thing to know, that God is thinking about you. Let me read Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9. And I'm sure we all know this text. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Tremendous thing, friends. If you are a child of God, you are in his thoughts. He's thinking about you right now. See, the great thing about our God is he is omniscient. There's no limitation to his knowledge. He could be thinking about every individual in this congregation and you've all got different situations. You've all got your different Babylonian captivity you're in right now. You've all got those situations that you're in that you'd rather not be in. But God says, look, I'm thinking about you. Tremendous thought for every single one of us. We are in God's thoughts. And his ways are higher than our ways. See, our problem is... We try to bring God down to our level and get him to think the way that we're thinking. And what God is saying to Isaiah is, that, no, don't try and think, get me to think the way you're thinking. Come up to my level. And for every child of God here this morning, God has got absolutely positive thoughts for you. Amen? Can you believe that? Okay. Our hope results in revived intercession. Go back to Jeremiah 29, verse 12. After verse 11, I know the thoughts. Then you will call upon me and go and, go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. saying, listen, when you see that I'm in your thoughts, uh, that you're in my thoughts, I'm thinking about you, when you see that I have got a hope and a future for you, It's going to transform the way you pray. Because you won't come and pray in a selfish way. You'll come come and pray in a very divine, positive way. And I will listen to you. You see, friends, once we come to that place where we can surrender and submit to the will of God, however difficult it is in our lives, God says, listen, you'll enter into a new relationship with me in prayer. And you will know that I listen to you. 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Let's put it into the context there of Jeremiah. God's will was that they should be in Babylon for 70 years. Once you know the will of God, you can pray accordingly. That's why Daniel could pray after the 70 years, Lord, it's now time. If you're resisting the will of God and you're complaining about the situation you're in, it's difficult to pray effectively. But if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, we already have the petitions that we have desired of him. And that's that's basically what Jeremiah is saying to the people in Babylon. And then finally, our hope results in revived relationship. Jeremiah 29 verse 13. Our hope results in in revived relationship. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. It's an amazing fact, friends. And you Read all of the commentaries. They'll tell you this. Before Israel went into captivity in Babylon, the whole of the nation was riddled with idolatry. False gods. Baal worship. Worship of Asherah. Ash- or Ashtaroth, Many other gods they worshipped. After the return from the Babylonian captivity... Israel never went back into idolatry. Hallelujah. Amen. Doesn't mean to say everything was perfect, but they never worshiped false gods ever again. That whole relationship with God was transformed because of that captivity. You see, why? Key is you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And we know as Christians, we can be seeking this and that and the other. And God says, no, seek me. Because if you seek me, you will find me. If you search for me with all your heart, you'll come into a new relationship with God. And wherever you are right now, and if you're in some kind of Babylonian captivity, a situation that you would rather not be in, God is saying, in this, seek me. Don't you seek what I can do for you? Don't just seek liberation from that situation, but say, God, in all of this, I want to find you. I want to know you in a deeper way. And then the final, very final verse is verse 14. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will be found by you, says the Lord. That's the primary thing. And I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations, from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. Amen. See, God's ultimate for us, when He says, I know the thoughts that I have for you, His ultimate for Israel what was not Babylon, it was back in the promised land. But can I just say this, friends? God's ultimate for you right now is not the difficult situation you find yourself in where you would rather not be, it's back into the very fullness of what He wants to do in your life. There may be temporary periods. Where we are in that Bible situation. But we don't know why we're here. We don't know why this is happening to us. But the ultimate in God is always to be in the very perfect place. Where he can do, fulfill in our lives all that he has promised to us. And I, am, I know. I know this congregation. I know there are promises to you as individuals. And there are promises to you as a corporate body of Christians here in this place. Which have not yet been fulfilled. But God says, that's my ultimate Amen? Not not the Babylon. Babylon's not my ultimate. My ultimate for you is in the very centre of the land flowing with milk and honey where I can bless you and make you the people that I want you to be. So let's come to God this morning and say, Lord, you know the thoughts that you have for us. Let us know those thoughts. Let us see that. And let us have faith expectancy because you're giving us hope and a future. Let's just pray. Father, just thank you this morning for my brothers and sisters in this congregation. And I know, Lord, this word is relevant because that's why you gave it to me. There are some brothers and sisters here, Father, your children, and they're in a situation they'd rather not be in. It's it's difficult. It's testing. It's trying. But I pray you will fill them with faith expectancy right now. That the God of hope will fill them with all joy and peace in believing. So that they will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray you will do that Lord. I pray everyone will go home this morning saying I believe. I believe God's thoughts to me are positive thoughts. They're not to do me harm. They're not to bring evil into my life. They're positive thoughts. And I will see the hand of God bringing me into the place which he has promised. I pray let us go home with that overflowing with hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Pastor. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcamry.co.uk. Have a great day.